Okay, every year people ask me what they should get their swimmer for Christmas, and I always tell them the same thing. Get a pair of drag socks made by Aquavolo. It's the perfect stocking stuffer for any swimmer. Honestly, there's no simpler training tool to build power in the water than a pair of drag socks. Go to aquavolo.com and use the code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout and save 10%. The offer's good only through November, so order now. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout. DestroMachines.com. Looking to host your first swim meet or replacing an old timing system? Run a swim meet with ease from your laptop using superior swim timing. You can use superior swim timing with your existing equipment, or they can provide you with a complete timing solution, including deck harnesses, buttons, and starter. SST is fully compatible with HiTech and Team Unify, as well as Colorado, Dactronics, and Amiga touchpads. Go to superiorswimtiming.com to learn more and be sure to tell them I sent you. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. All right, Peter Nelson, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Now, first question, what did you dress up as for Halloween? Oh, this is going to be a big bummer. I, I actually didn't have a Halloween costume this year. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, it was super low key. I actually got my COVID booster right before Halloween. Wasn't feeling the greatest and just mm. kind of laid low and watched some TV, chilling like couch potato. Let's call it that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, I still have some leftover candies back here from from my trick or treating, and the kids came by. So, out of the three, let's say, out of the three, which one would you go for? The first. Uh, so, I've got this like this York. What is this? This York uh, yep, mint. Yeah, and I've got the the Reese's peanut butter cup standard practice, and then I've got the uh, uh, what are these things called again? Well, yeah, Starburst. Yeah. So, out of the three, which one would you pick? Um, I'm First. actually an avid fiend for the York peppermint patty, so that would oh, be yeah. my choice. Yeah. Me too, me too. <laughs> I love them. When I saw them at the shop, I was like, I'm getting some of those for myself. So that's yeah. <laughs> keep some for you and give a few away. Yeah. Yeah, they're still sitting there. So um listen, congratulations on your season so far, especially in the ISL. I mean, you topped the the uh point score. Is that or are you top the money list? Is that right? I guess, yeah. Um I'm really happy with my performance. I swim a lot of events. Um, you know, we were down a few people, so I 
moved around wherever they needed me and, um, you know, got opportunity to swim on relay. So I racked up points for the team, which is obviously what the league is all about. So it was awesome. Yeah, cool. And then when do you leave for the semifinals? I leave this coming Sunday, so a little less than a week. Oh, wow. Okay. So you f- what, have you, what have you been doing since, you know, since you got back? You've just been doing a lot of work or you've been refining your, your skills? You feel like you're able to swim faster than you did in the, um, in the prelims type stuff? Yeah, I, I've gone to pretty normal work schedule for me as far as training goes. Um, I've gotten up and raced a few times short course yards um, just because mm-hmm. the college team uh, is who I swim with. So they've had a few dual meets. I swam in their inner squad meet. Uh, I actually got up and raced off the blocks today, but uh, just kind of preparing for the, the next portion of the season. I feel really strong, um, really fit. I'm super excited to get back to racing and just trying to keep on a normal uh, race schedule, even though I'm not competing necessarily, but making sure my body's ready to race back to back as ISL. Obviously, you have to be ready to race every week or so, every you know three, five days as it was in the regular season. Um, but I feel really ready to compete again. Tell us a little bit about your story then. I want to go back a little bit because you're, you're super interesting in terms of uh, – what you can do. I mean, you're capable of swimming multiple events. Uh, when I look back at kind of your history a little bit, you were more known for your butterfly as a, as a younger kid before college. Is that true? Or you just were really good at butterfly? Um, I, yeah, I was primarily uh, a backstroke butterflyer. Um, and I switched off in high school, but I kind of excelled most in butterfly. Um, and I could, I kind of adventured around in all the different events as a club swimmer. Um, but butterfly seemed to be the most comfortable for me. And my trajectory moved really quickly when I started to swim that event more. And then in college is kind of when I made the transition to primarily backstroke. Um, mm-hmm. didn't swim the tuner. I am a whole lot in club at the biggest meets of our season. I would swim it, um, just to see, you know, time improvements as I got older, but that became a more consistent event for me in college as well. Um, Butterfly kind of took a back seat in college. Uh, I swam it at our mid-season every year, unrested, just to uh, see what my time could be swimming a little tired, um, which was fun. So I still got to swim it, did it on some relays, but backstroke and IM really took over in college. So Okay, that's good. Now you you confused me even when you were talking, so it's great because when I was when I was reading through your bio, I'm like, all right, I'm slightly confused here. So she's this national record holder as as a kid in butterfly. Then all of a sudden, you start tearing up backstroke early on in college, and then you go on and rip a 200 IM. And I'm like, well, hang on, where where did all these come from? Like, what happened to the fly, and where'd the backstroke go? And then how, how'd she have this IM? So I'm like. This progression is pretty interesting um, in terms of like, you know, kids these days, they're, they're always wanting to specialize. And here you are, um, somebody that started off, you know, as a, as a killer hunter butterfly. And, and, you know, once you get through college, you start to progress. And even your 200 backstroke came on like crazy. So it's like you've had multiple events as you've, as you've gone on. And it seems like 
you're still figuring it out. I mean, it's, it's maybe there'll be a freestyle in your future, you know, like a hundred, 200 freestyle or something, but who knows where it's going to end up. So just talk to me about the, the, the progression in terms of um, maybe the way it all eventuated then who was your club coach in high school? Um, so I was with the same club coach, basically all of my club swimming career. I had bopped around on a couple teams just cause he moved around. Um, but his name was Shane Ryan. he, I swam primarily with the Madison Aquatic Club, which is local here in Wisconsin. Um, and he really helped progress my underwater skills. Um, that was a big focus for me through club and through college and high school. But um, he noticed that I was pretty good at that. And so we really uh, focused on that as a club swimmer through high school. Then that obviously translated, got even better in college. So um, I didn't really prefer one or the other butterfly or backstroke in club swimming, but mm. I just got a little bit better at the butterfly at the end of my high school career. But um, I liked to swim everything. I loved relays. So mm. uh, that was probably my favorite thing has always been my favorite thing through college uh, swimming as well. And now professional swimming is relays and being able to swim with a group of your really good friends, mm. something bigger than you. Um, you know, I obviously am super competitive as an individual, but relays really got me excited. So I do love freestyle. I don't get to swim it very often because um, <laughs> obviously, especially in the ISL, I needed much more elsewhere, my team mm. specifically, but I've gotten to swim on the freestyle relays this year a lot more and that's super fun um this past summer my freestyle actually excelled a whole lot long course um it was an event that i made my first international team as a junior i think in 2016 was it actually in the 100 freestyle so mm. um you know i'm not counting that one out i actually really want to um kind of see what i can do long course meters in that event um this upcoming season so that'll be something we'll kind of touch on more through the tier pro series as we get back from isl season um as an event for me long course which i'm excited about but yeah i can't really explain my progression very well because it's kind of oh. all over the place and i can swim a lot of events which is awesome but as i've progressed through my professional career i've kind of decided that I guess me and my coach and just in general, it's better as we try and, you know, make international teams to try and focus in on a few, just so I'm not racing so many events at big qualification meets. Cause that is really tiring. And um, I just want to better my chances in the events that I can best um, qualify right. things as I move forward. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, short course yards to short course meters to long course meters. It's all very different for me as well. So yeah. 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 You, you said that you focused a lot on underwaters in high school. What were some of the things you were doing in high school specifically? I know a lot of high school coaches listen to this and, and want to get their kids better at underwater. So what were you doing in that respect? Um, most practices, there would be a portion of my sets that would include either like a kick count I needed to hold within the set or um, just a specific underwater driven portion of my practice so mm -hmm. be a certain number of 25s all underwater on a short rest interval just to get used to kicking underwater fast when i'm tired um that piece of it also translated really well when i got to college because obviously i'm pretty um good underwater but 
uh, in college, that was also a big focus, which was awesome. So they got even better as I got older, but um, I don't know. I've just always also um, made sure it's a point of focus for me every day in practice. Um, there's a limit on my kick count that I give myself in a freestyle or backstroke or butterfly or an IM set. And I won't allow myself to do less than that. And I honestly think it's hard for me to give a specific practice that I think made a huge difference for me. I think it's just implementing it into routine and making mm. sure it's a focus point for an athlete on a regular basis. Then you can see improvement. Then you can obviously, you know, tighten a send off or add a number of kicks you need to do as you progress and get better and more comfortable being in oxygen debt. So, mm. um, I just think I attribute it to practice and all my coaches throughout the years being really diligent about making sure that they're keeping me accountable as far as, you know, whatever the expectation is underwater, which mm -hmm. has made it easier for me to be stronger underwater when I'm tired, be able to maintain my underwater kicks, um, which I've noticed has improved drastically through college and professional specifically. So yeah. What's your what's your minimum standards then? So if you're doing a backstroke set or a butterfly set or a freestyle set, where are your minimums? Um, these days for backstroke, um, it's no less than six kicks off the wall. Mm -hmm. um, as I get faster, I tend to add more kicks. That's kind of my progression. So we do a lot of colors work at UW. And so if I'm going white, I'll do six. If I'm going pink, I'll do seven to eight. As If I'm going red, I'll go eight to nine. Then mm. blue would be as many kicks as I can to 15. So mm. that's about backstroke. Butterflies around the same. Um, you know, I those are pretty comparable underwater for me because I try to work to 15 off every wall and every race in those two events the best I can. Freestyle, it's a little less. I'd say it's probably like four mm -hmm. at a minimum. Um, because I do a little, I don't know, not, I guess, less kicks to get to 15 for me and freestyle than it is for backstroke and butterfly. But um, yeah, I try to stick to that as best I can um, all the time through practices. Obviously, when you're kind of going easy, um, you know, in like a swim off and something, it might not be for, but whenever I'm focused on it in practice and it's a main set and it's a focus, it's always a minimum of whatever number of kicks I'm doing that day. Right. Now, um, has there been a clear difference between kind of the strength work that you've done from high school to college as well? You're, you're in the gym more now? Absolutely. Yeah. In high school, we did a lot of body weight TRX type of training. Uh -huh. uh, I didn't really do much strength training in high school at all. So uh, lifting was very new to me in college. Um, but I am so much stronger now. Um, each year in college, I got stronger and stronger and stronger. And now as a professional, my weights training has become very specific to me and my individual needs and my individual goals. And my strength coach here, Billy Brader is like the best in the biz. I love him so much. Um, I enjoy weightlifting so much. It's one of my favorite parts of my training regimen. So um, you know, I'm just trying to get stronger and stronger outside of the water. You know, those, some of the, I guess, exercises I'm doing have become a lot more specific to swimming and very applicable to how my body functions and where my strength needs 
to be, um, to be better in the water, which is awesome. I've gotten a more individualized training program as I've gotten older and now as a professional specifically, but, um, yeah, I am way stronger than I ever was in high school. <laughs> I was a little scrawny girl compared to me. Mm -hmm. now, so. Yeah. That's pretty typical of most college programs. I'll come in and start lifting some good weights. Now, what about in terms of resistance work in the pool for, you know, you're underwaters and, and your backstroke swimming and, and that sort of thing. Are you doing resistance work? Yeah, we do a lot of resistance work. Um, we use parachutes, socks, power towers, all of the above. Um, I have noticed that that is something that has really helped my underwaters, but my swimming and strength as well. Um, we do a lot of tempo trainer or uh, 100 kick count and stroke count. 200 kick count stroke count work on the buckets, which specifically has really helped me. I love to, you know, swim against resistance at a rate that I need to hold. Mm. Um, it really helps just, you know, reinforce what you need to, where you need to be at. And you're not swimming too much aerobically. It's more like anaerobic, I guess, uh, replication of what mm -hmm. you it would feel like to do it in a race mm -hmm. and you'll hold it for however long, you know, 30 seconds, 20 seconds, or just replicate what it would be like to do an underwater kick count and stroke count on resistance. Right. I love that type of stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I do. I do too. How, how many times a week are you probably doing that type of work? I would say at least two of my training sessions a week are pretty dedicated to, um, power resistance type training. Right. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Now, where do you feel more comfortable in, in the hundred or the two hundreds? Depends on the distance of the pool. Um, I would say a 200 for me right now, short course meters backstroke specifically is like my jam. I feel very mm. comfortable in that mm. distance. Um, like we talked about before by event, by distance, it's very different, but, mm. um, I think I settle most into where I'm comfortable at, at a 200 Oh, blanket, you know, over blanket. I would say right. it's, it's probably my sweet spot. Do you do a lot of uh, 200 type training specifically? Yeah. Um, we do a lot of, uh, I guess 200, 300s at colors, uh, mm. almost over training a distance to mm. get your body specifically to, feel what it's like to have to swim fast after being tired. I really, it's really difficult training. It's very aerobic, but I think my body's kind of needs that. Mm -hmm. um, that's mostly freestyle work for me or I am, I'll do 200s and 300s uh, broken up either freestyle. I am, I am. Mm. So most of my aerobic work is done free and I am. And then the pace specific stuff for 200s for me is mostly backstroke. Um, I would say two practices a week. We normally do one uh, practice where I do some 200, 100 work. That's more just fast efforts. Um, we call it hat, haul ass Tuesday. We normally do it on a Tuesday. <laughs> um, and then there's a pace day normally within the week. Our, our Tuesday, Thursdays are our quality days because they're singles and we normally do like a dry land activation and then we get in the water, warm up, get our bodies ready and then do something fast, replicating kind of race pace type, 
type stuff. Um, and then the rest of the week, a lot of it's kick. We do a lot of kick training, which obviously I love. And then there's a lot of aerobic mixed in as well. Right. You, uh, you grew up in Madison and you ended up going to school there. Why, why that decision? Were there, I'm sure all the top teams in the country were after you. Uh, was it, was it always going to be, I'm staying home? Did you tell them from the get go or did you, did you look outside? I actually was the opposite. I wanted to go somewhere else. I felt like I had been in Madison my whole life. I wanted to see a new city, um, get a new experience. So I was looking kind of all over the country. Um, and then, uh, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, leading into where my decision was going to be made. And I just decided also for myself, regardless of that, I wanted to be close enough to home that if I ever needed to be home, it wouldn't be too hard for me to get there. Uh, my family is like my whole world. So mm. I kind of narrowed my, you know, search a little bit closer to Wisconsin, mm. um, Kind of looking within the Big Ten, and I ultimately decided here. I didn't expect myself to go here. I didn't really want to originally go to Wisconsin because I felt like I knew what it was all about. I'd lived here my whole life, but um, I think everything happens for a reason. My dream school was not to go to Wisconsin. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, always wanted to go out in California somewhere, somewhere completely different than I had ever been. But you know, everything happens for a reason, and I'm super glad that I did end up coming here. Um, I think it was meant to be, but yeah, it seems like you figured it out and you're, you're happy now. And, um, you, you've, it's interesting that you've been successful at all three levels. Really. You've been successful as a high school swimmer, then very successful college swimmer. And now, um, one of the best swimmers in the world, really. So how, how, what can you take from that, that you could maybe help other people make, make those transitions from high school to college to pro? Yeah, I mean, those types of transitions are definitely difficult um, for anybody. Uh, you know, I was close to home, so there was a little safety net for me. But I think as you just move through the progressions of swimming, you just have to make sure that it's rooted in the joy of the sport. I think I had a, the hardest time transitioning when um, I lost the focus for why I really do it. And I needed to get back to that and keep reminding myself that no matter what the expectations are, no matter where I'm at physically, mentally, um, emotionally, I just need to remember why I'm doing it. And I think that's something that in high school to college, college to professional, it's really easy to get caught up in what other people think, what other people's expectations are of you. Um, where you need to be at in comparison to everybody else, you know, in a sport like swimming, that's team and individual, it's really easy to get caught up in comparison game. And I've tried my best throughout the years to completely eliminate that and just compete against myself and mm. do it for the honest joy of being able to just compete. Um, that's really helped. It's helped ground me in moments where I feel really lost and confused and like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing by the expectations of someone else. Um, I mean, there's so many, so much advice I could give to like a high school athlete going into college and I could give to a college athlete transitioning into professional or moving away from the sport. You know, there's so many different avenues that one can take with within those transitions, but 
Yeah, let's do one of each then. So uh, what's a big takeaway for you from, from high school to college? What are some of the things you noticed that were, were maybe tough on you that you had to adjust to pretty quickly? Yeah, um, my freshman year was really tough. Yeah, I did uh, notice that. I was looking through your history. I was like, yeah, sure, woo. freshman year wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, I struggled. You know, um, I had some personal things going on, as I mentioned before, with right. my family. Um, I was dealing with um, – a really bad relationship with food. I lost a lot of weight trying to get fit and it kind of took a wrong direction. I think that disordered eating in sports is a lot more common than people understand just because of the physical expectations of an athlete to be at their peak fitness. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was dealing with that. I was dealing with transitioning to being in college in school, being away from my family for the first time living alone. Um, so, from high school to college, I would just say, give yourself a little bit of grace in the sense that it's going to be difficult and kind of embrace the change and be mm -hmm. open-minded to things being totally new to you. Um, mm -hmm. And also finding people around you to help support you through that. I leaned on a lot of the upperclassmen when I got to college, when I was struggling to just be able to be honest and open and that's really helpful to have a, a good group around you in any sense, not even just in sports in general. Like right. your support system is a lot more important than I think a lot of people realize. And in a huge transition like that, you just have to allow yourself to struggle because it's going to be hard, but kind of embrace the change and be open to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good advice. Um, yeah. And I think that's pretty common. You know, mo most, most people, do get a little bit of a slap in the face uh, when they first transition out, especially when you, you're you in a great family situation and all of a sudden you're, you're on your own. It's like, all right, do your own washing, do your own, you know, cook your own food. <laughs> yeah. do it's like, all right, what am I doing here? So yeah. what is this? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be, be great in school, be the best swimmer you can possibly be. It's just like, Oh, the expectations are ramped up and everything's happening and trying to figure it all out at once. So no doubt. Um, Let's jump forward then to the transition from college to pros then. There are a lot of people these days wanting to make that transition. Uh, a lot more money involved now, a lot more chances to travel and compete and be on teams now. So uh, what was that like for you? Yeah, it was very strange for me just given the circumstances. You know, the pandemic ended my college career very abruptly. So um, it was really weird to navigate transitioning from being a college athlete to professional when I, it happened before I thought it would. And then when I was making that transition, I was also being stuck in at my house and not being able to go anywhere, not being able mm. to train. Um, so that was really difficult, but I think it was also kind of weird in a silver lining way, a nice reminder to be really grateful for the opportunity that I get to continue to be a swimmer as a profession. Um, mm. and grateful to have the opportunity to even go to the pool and practice because that was taken away for such a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, I know when I got back to swimming after the really hard lockdown, when COVID initially hit the U S I was so flipping excited to be back in practice because I had just been craving um, being in the pool and being able to swim for so long. Um, yeah. So it actually made the, 
I guess the transition initially really easy because I was just so excited to be back in the pool. But I will say college swimming versus professional swimming is very different. Um, there's a lot more autonomy. You are kind of in your, you're the leader of your ship and in college you're a part of a team. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a little bit of individualistic stuff that goes on in college, um, just race specifically or whatever you train, you kind of train specific to that, but you don't have, you're not up to making your own decisions. You know, if you don't show up to practice that day, it's the whole team's expectations are on you. And mm-hmm. when, if I, you know, I'm having a bad day and I decide not to go to practice, I, this is giving me reverbs from like Coleman saying something like this when he was on the podcast. But like, if I wake up in the morning and I don't want to go to practice, it's only on me. Like this is about, I'm making decisions for just me and it only affects me if I decide to do something that day. Um, And so that's something that is very different. Um, The timeline of being a professional swimmer is totally different in college. You're, you know, it's a very regimented schedule. There's uh, dual meet season, then there's mid season, then there's, you know, training trip, then there's uh, conference nationals, then there's summer, na- you know, like there's always um, a very regimented schedule to what it's like to be a college athlete. And that is so not what it's like as a professional, you decide which meets you're going to be a part of, whatever your performance is decides like, what happens moving forward in your professional career, what to look forward to what meets you're going to attend. Um, so it's very, person driven when you become right. a professional um, right right well then uh, in that case then what's getting you out of bed every day i mean you, you've got to have a reason so what, what's your reason well um just that i love to swim and i'm super happy that i can continue to do this and my body's healthy and i'm as I said before, with the pandemic, it kind of was a not a wake up call, but I think a lot of athletes were forced into a break that they didn't necessarily want at the time, but maybe right. made them realize like, oh, shit, I should probably be really appreciative of the fact that I get to do this all the time. Yeah, And it's a grind and it's really difficult. And there are some days where I wake up and I'm like, this is going to be a tough one. You know, like <laughs> I set my alarm for five minutes and then I decide to get up. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say every day I wake up with a smile on my face, chipper and ready to go to practice all the time. But, yeah, um, you know, I'm making the decision for myself and I am one of so, so few that get to do what they love and continue doing their sport as a job. So I'm just kind of trying to take each day when I wake up in the morning as an opportunity to continue to do what I love. And so that's what wakes me up every day. You know, gets me out the door. Getcha. Yeah. And then the, the (laughs) checks, the checks you cash in too, aren't too bad these days. So it's nice. (laughs) Um, Who's your coach now? Who coaches you? Um, I'm working this year with Chrissy Brager. She's the assistant coach at UW. Um, She coached me all throughout college. Um, I worked closely with Yuri Sugiyama for the last few years, um, but Christy's kind of taken on a more uh, dominant role in my in my professional swimming, which has mm-hmm. been great. Um, she is an alumni of the university, and she's a super strong, badass woman. So she's she's Love my it. gal. Awesome. Is it is it tough for you um, to go to some of these meets and not have her, or, or how, how do you communicate when you're at these meets? 
Yeah, it's it's definitely weird, but you know, I've done it before last year. We I didn't have a coach with me. Obviously, being a part of a college program, it's pretty tough to be able to have a coach accessible to you when you travel and compete, just because they're very focused on the college season right now, specifically mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, but we communicate on a super regular basis. We'll sit down before meets and kind of plan out what we want the weeks to look like, how we want our training to look as we lead in into competition, depending on when it is like for an ISL season, it's about four or five weeks, we'll sit down with a calendar, look at the practice schedule that we've been given, kind of plan out what each day is going to be. Um, not a specific practice, but just a focus. And then um, when I'm there, we'll keep WhatsApp is our communicator because super easy um, on Wi-Fi. It's back and forth. No like yeah. national plan type stuff. So um, we'll communicate through that the whole time that I'm gone. Um, I've kind of learned as a professional, you have to be able to know what your body needs. And she's kind of just somebody who provides me any advice or guidance if I need someone else's opinion on w- what I should do that day. Or if this is how I'm feeling, how do we think we should approach this? Um, it's a real, it's really a joint effort. We, we work together based upon where I'm at to kind of cater a plan to whatever I'm doing. So. Right. Right. Pretty good. Awesome. Um, you did mention Coleman's name a second ago and uh, kind of want to talk to you about <laughs> that as well. Um, you know, what's yeah. coming then. Uh, I mean, just in terms of, look, you're, you're one of the fastest short course swimmers in the world. Uh, you've proven that. And your name's been thrown around a lot lately with the performances that you've had. Obviously they've picked the world short course team for the U S and you're not on it based on the fact that, uh, a lot of it was picked off long course. So like, how do you feel about this whole process? Where, where are you at with it? Um, I haven't really said a whole lot about it. I think everything that people have said, you know, I don't have much to add to what's already been said, but um, I do think that to kind of mirror what Coleman had said, uh, I just think that the process needs some tweaking, you know, it's, mm. it's something that's worked in the past Um but now with a lot more athletes having the opportunity to swim short course meters, um, I think that should be taken into consideration. I know that USA Swimming has considered possibly doing like a domestic qualification meet of some sort, but that hasn't been, you know, obviously nothing has been done about that since now. Um, but something like that would be awesome. I just, I'm just bummed because I love the opportunity. Um, you know, I think the, the team they're sending is wonderful. I can't wait to see them perform. But, mm. um, you know, for me, it's, you know, prize money has been upped. So that would have been a great opportunity for me to make some money to support myself as a professional, which is can be really difficult. Um, so, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I just think that the selection process could be tweaked. And I just hope that, um, you know, USA Swimming hears the athletes and takes that into consideration moving forward. Um, I know Have you that- had a chance to talk to anyone from USA Swimming? Um, no, not really. Um, I talked with somebody who worked with USA Swimming the last few years and since has taken a job elsewhere. But um, I... I've expressed that my desire to want to be a part of things like that. I just think um, 
right now with the selection criteria as it is, it's just not an opportunity that I will have as long as it continues to be that way. Um, I know that a lot of athletes have expressed their concerns directly to USA Swimming. So um, I don't know. I, I just, I'm just a little bummed. I don't get the chance, but yeah. I'm really glad that I still have the ISL as an opportunity to swim short course meters. And even though I don't get the opportunity to go to short course worlds this year, I still have great racing opportunity against really competitive international athletes at the ISL, which is great for me. So you can also post a time that will prove a point that you should should be there, you know, at some point. So that that'll be good too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. what, what are you what are you closest to? What world record are you closest to? World record. I don't know. Maybe the two back. I'm pretty close to the American record. I've been eyeing that one up since last season. I was pretty close in that. Um, the world record, I think, is now 158. Kaylee McEwen won some crazy time last year, so. Um, I would say that probably is the closest world record I've got a shot at. Um, what's your best time in that now? Two double O low is my best time. I think two double O two from last year, but, um, okay. regular season, I was two double O four or something. Um, I'd like to get under that two minutes for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, are you going to be shaving and, and fully resting for the semifinals or are you going to wait? for the finals um i think i'm i think i'll probably wait to give it my best go in the finals um i think i love the fact that we've got you know four weeks we've got playoffs and then we can focus into finals at the end you know they did that same kind of thing when we were in budapest last year um we were about six weeks and i just tried to focus on each week getting better and then that final meet being my best opportunity to, you know, give it all I got. Um, I did that again in the uh, regular season. We had about four weeks. And then by the end, I wanted to be the best, you know, at the end of the four weeks. And I'm aiming to kind of make my training and kind of lead up to that same type of progress as we go to the Netherlands. So, right. yeah, I'm going to focus in on the finals probably, but I'm – going to do throughout the season as best I can, you know, for my team, get as many wins as I can, as many points as I can still swim fast, but for sure, focus on the end. Now, once you leave early next week, you don't come back until after the finals. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're pretty much there. What, like five weeks or something. Are you? Yeah. Wow. That's a big trip. Yeah. Got to pack, pack a couple of bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm in the process of packing right now. Um, I brought one suitcase and like a suitcase of a carry-on to the uh, regular season. And I'm debating whether or not I check a second bag. I had a lot of teammates who did, but um, I just want to have everything that I need when I go there. Um, just be prepared. Now, we talked uh, earlier off, off air about your suit choice. You, ha you have an interesting suit choice for one of the fastest swimmers in the world. Um, talk to me about the suit that you've been wearing for a number of years. Yeah, I have um, been working with A3 Performance. They're a Wisconsin, a local Wisconsin suit company. Um, I have a close personal relationship with the owner and his family. They're good friends of mine. And I actually wore their suit in club swimming. And then my first two years in college, I was, we were a speedo team. And then 
I think my junior, senior year, we didn't have a suit contract, but we worked mostly with Speedo and Arena and Tier. And then as a professional, I decided to kind of weigh my options and see um, who wanted to work with me. And at the time, obviously, the pandemic was happening. There weren't a lot of opportunities for uh, suit collaborations, partnerships, um, but A3 has always had my back. They're always super supportive of me and I love their stuff. So um, I decided to sign with them and I just, they're, it's really fun because they're local and I have the opportunity to cater things specifically to me and they can come test suits out that they're gonna bring to market before they actually announce them or sell them to kind of fit them to my body. And the suit that I wore at Olympic trials is a new suit that they're working on. And um, it was really cool. I got to be a part of the testing process. I got the first prototype, they brought it in. I got to wear it, give them some critique. They'd bring it back with the fixes and then I would wear it again. Um, tell them what my thoughts were. So it was this really cool collaborative effort to work on their new products. And um, they're super friendly and nice. And I obviously know them well. So I know they always are, have my best interests at, at heart. And um, they'll always have my back. They'll do anything to support me, which is really awesome. It's really hard to find um, a company that's that willing to do something so spe specific to an athlete. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, they've been awesome for me. Right. Good stuff. Well, listen, a uh, lot of lot of great racing coming up. You are obviously uh, tearing it up, short course. How do we get you to Paris? How do we get you on this team? <laughs> uh, what, do we, what do we got to do to have uh, a matching kind of performances long course? Yeah, you know, that's been my frustration over the years. I've obviously been um, excelling at short course for a while and really trying to translate to long course. I... Unfortunately, I haven't had a lot of access to long course training until very recently. We just got a new pool here at Wisconsin. Before that, I only ever trained long course in the summers. So um, I think that's going to contribute a lot to my progression long course. I now as a professional have a lot of uh, control over what my schedule looks like and my focus I, I train long course now all year round, which is awesome. I've never had that opportunity. And now obviously I'll have a lot more opportunity to race long course because um, once ISL season finishes up, I'll be able to completely hone in on my long course training and specifically to the world championship trials in April for the U S. So um, I'm just trying to tick away at that and get a lot more long course training and racing under my belt. Um, I think that'll be the way that I get there. I'm, Obviously, every athlete that goes to the Olympic trials, their goal is to make the Olympic team. And if they don't, it can be a little bit of a disappointment. But I'm actually really happy with how my performance was at Olympic trials. You know, throughout all my events, it was a lot of progress for me from the last Olympic trials, even from my uh, few years of long course racing before that. So I feel like I'm really making steps in the right direction as long as I keep that as a focus and I have the ability to train that consistently moving forward. Um, and I think short course meters actually really has been helping me with that too. I mm. think some people don't realize how close short course meters and long course meters really are because yeah. at the same distance, it's just a couple extra walls. So yeah. um, it's been really great for me to have the opportunity to do short, short course meters racing and training as well um, throughout my 
competitive season. So I'm just, I'm working at it. You know, I'm trying, right. I'm going to get there. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, come on. Like you've got, you've got two hundreds of strokes uh, and you're, and you've got speed obviously. So that should be able to translate well enough to, to some, to at least a fast hundred of some sort long course. So wh where do you feel like your best shot would be, um, you know, in, in 24, what race? Yeah, I think I can't pick one. I'm going to say a couple, but I think the races that we focused in on at Olympic trials that I think will be the events that I feel most confident in. And I feel like I've got a really good shot to make an international team would probably be tuner. I am the hundred fly or the hundred free. Weirdly enough, my backstroke hasn't really translated well long course i don't know if that's i think most of it for me weirdly enough is mental a mental block of some sort um mm -hmm. with my finding comfortability in my stroke long course backstroke mm -hmm. um but my butterfly really excelled leading into olympic trials long course i feel really comfortable in my stroke long course butterfly um which is strange because i do so much backstroke work um but I've done a lot of butterfly with the skins and relays and stuff through ISL and mm -hmm. my stroke feels really good. And freestyle actually, you know, for me, it helps because there's a lot more spots available um, because they pick for relays and freestyle. So that opens the door for me a little bit in that event. And I feel like my freestyle's really moving in a good direction um, right now. And then 2IM was great. You know, I didn't have the best race in finals at Olympic trials, but I made the final and I felt like I have a really good swim in me that I just didn't have at that meet. So I'm really excited to keep doing that one as well. But yeah. Would you, would you consider yourself a better short course swimmer or long course swimmer? I would probably say short course. Would you consider yourself a better underwater swimmer or better on top of the water? I used to say with confidence underwater, I think now I'm, I've, I've worked so hard and I feel like I'm pretty even, you know, I mm. used to rely super heavily on my underwaters and I didn't feel super confident on top of the water. And over the years, I've kind of decided, no, this isn't going to define me. And I am a great swimmer like not just an underwater swimmer. I'm a great swimmer. And, um, you know, I worked really hard at, tackling where i might lack on top of the water and i feel really strong that i'm pretty even in that department <laughs> no both of those questions were setup questions i was trying I to get know. you uh, <laughs> there listen and and it's just a mentality that's all it is i think i told Coleman the same thing it's a mentality man listen when you shift your mentality to i'm a long course swimmer and i'm faster on top of the water now it doesn't mean that you you say that listen i'm not this isn't one of my strengths underwater. I'm very good underwater, but I'm a long course swimmer and, and I'm better on top of the water. As soon as you shift that mentality with yourself, it changes your training. It changes the way you think about your races. It changes the way you look at yourself and who you think of yourself. Are. And it's so much easier to get up behind the blocks in Olympic trials and say, this is my event. This is my pool. You know what I mean? Like this is my pool. I couldn't be happier right now. Yeah. You, you put the pool long course for me. Thank you. Yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for that gift. I've been, yes. I've been, I've been training this. I've been thinking about it. Thank you for the gift. And, and as soon as you shift that mentality, I'm telling you, you'll be tough to beat in both pools. So um, look, super excited about watching you 
here in the next few weeks and there's going to be some fast swimming going on all around you're on one of the best teams if not the best team so uh i think even the team battle is going to be pretty cool uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna be awesome i am so pumped um you know last season we got the dub but mm. i'm super excited that all the teams are back with the most of the athletes that they couldn't have last year you know london roar had a lot of their australian athletes that couldn't compete last year mm. and they're back full force um, energy standards been looking really good this year. There's even a couple teams that, you know, Toronto Titans gave us a run for our money um, in the regular season. And I mean, all the teams look really great this year. So I'm excited to see what the playoffs bring, um, you know, see a new city, get to race and compete against those people all over again. But mm. finals, you know, I've, I've talked with a lot of people, not just in the swimming community, but just in my life. And they like, they're so pumped for the ISL finals. I, yeah. I think it's something that a lot of people are really looking forward to because short course meter swimming is so fun to watch. And, um, you know, obviously long course meters is the Olympics and world championships and all that, but the production that ISL puts on and allows athletes to just get up and race and be fast. And we're all there at the same time competing for our team. So there's that also behind us. Um, it's so fun. So I'm really yeah. I agree. It's going to be fun to watch the semifinals, but the finals especially. I think there's four really good teams. They're, they're fairly well balanced. Um, yeah. Every every team has some superstars, and there's there's even some people coming back that weren't um, swimming, you know, in in the prelims type thing. So yeah, it's going to be a, an incredible competition. And then there's 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 people like you and Coleman who don't have the chance to go onto the world short course. So the, this is it. You know, this is where you showcase. So. I think it's going to be electric, some really fun stuff. I'm excited to watch you swim. Thank uh, you. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Of course. I appreciate it. Hopefully we can check in maybe after you break your first world record. That would that'd be cool. <laughs> maybe we will. <laughs> All right, Beta. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Take care. Event, heat, lane, name of swimmer, times and places. It's called Swim Nerd Live and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone, or other device. There are so many things you can do with this software. A very simple and easy to use necessity for any team or facility that is live streaming their meets results. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more.